Welcome to Talking Up Eagle Mountain, where we discuss a variety of topics related to Eagle Mountain City government, services, programs, and goals. I am Mayor Tom Westmoreland, and I will be your host for this episode. Today we'll be talking about uh, Recreation Center. And we have, uh, as guests today, we have our city administrator, Ifo Peely. Thanks for being with us. Good to be here, Mayor. And we have uh, returning uh, Mr. Paul Jerome, our assistant city administrator. Thanks for coming back. Thank you, Mayor. So, uh, yeah, the subject of uh, a recreation center is one that's been around for a long time uh, and uh, will probably continue uh, for a while. So... uh, Let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the subject and 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 address it. Uh, meanwhile, let me uh, uh, mention too our production team is Evan Barrett and Linda Peterson. So, Ifo, let's start with you. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an of a overview? Excuse me, a little bit of an overview of uh, the history of the city's efforts to uh, uh, pursue a rec center. Sure. So. I think even before I came here, this has been, I mean, since the city's inception, everyone's been talking about a rec center that's been on the top of everyone's list. Uh, when I came to the city, that was a hot topic as well. And, you know, we've been trying to to get a rec center for well over a decade. And I believe in 2010, we actually went to the ballot with an aquatic center, $7 million aquatic center. And it was voted down. But the only, the, the main reason for us bringing it to the ballots because that was just the, that's what everybody wanted. Uh, we realized after that, that we needed to be creative. We needed to, to see if we can have our cake and eat it, you know, see if we can get the rec center and not have to bond, uh, come up with, uh, a proposal that had a rec center that didn't lose money that at the very, very least broke even. And so that's been the basis for all our, all our efforts. So we've, We've engaged the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club. We've talked to the school district. We've 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 tried to find ways to be creative. We've we've worked with developers. Uh, every time we've come to come, every time we've come close, the target kept moving, and that had to do you know that has to do with the population growth and expectations and. But there's been a lot of work by by a, a lot of people. A lot of people. Trying to figure this out, trying to make uh, make the dollar stretch, and so most the most recent plan that we had was we had a developer. It was a three part partner or three three entity partnership. You had a developer, the city, and the YMCA. We were really close with the a solution, and we come to the table and expectations, you know, from from some of the parties were were a little different and we realized that we were also building a rec center or planning for a rec center that wouldn't meet the needs of a 40,000 population city. And so we went back to the drawing board and I, I'm sure we'll get into to more of that, but just just as far as background, there's been a lot of a lot of effort, a lot of a lot of walls we've hit and a lot of walls we've knocked down and, and, and have gone around, but uh, it, it has been something we've been pursuing. I, I believe since inception of the city, uh, and certainly since I've been here about 13 years ago. So, yeah, no, a lot of time and effort has been put into looking at different options uh, of ways to approach 
uh, building, funding, a rec center, and some pr pretty creative ones. Uh, I know you worked on uh, essentially uh, uh, kind of a, I don't know, what would you call it, sort of a public offering uh, with, with shares, basically allowing people to, to invest into a rec center that, uh, you know, approaching it that way, Re really uh, uh, creative, uh, uh, kind of a capitalistic market you know, driven version, uh, which, uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So what were some of the setbacks you experienced in, in approaching that? Can you give us a few insights there? In that particular? Yeah, that, that particular model, if you will. So one, we just didn't know if it was legal. <laughs> <laughs> we had to figure out and make sure that it was something that was legal. Uh, we talked to the, to the state and realized it hadn't been done before. And, you know, as you mentioned, it was the proposal was to basically make it a public offering to where mm -hmm. people can invest in their very own rec center and we could sell shares and that, you know, there would be a board made out of the, the, the majority shareholders. Uh, there's a, a lot more details that went into that. But, you know, I think that's that's something that that could be really revolutionary and in, in the future. Um we just thought it would take a lot of time, a lot of time, and a lot of. There's a whole lot of details that we need to consider, but you know everything's still on the table. We still have, we still have a lot of options that we we can still pursue. And as you mentioned earlier, really <clears throat> one of the um, the biggest issues in planning for any type of a rec center uh, is the, are the challenges of a growing city. I and mean, we're not we don't have an established population, so uh, certainly. Uh, if a rec center were to be built and uh, it wasn't uh, built large enough, that would be a huge disappointment. That if it, you know, if it, if it turned out it wasn't big enough to uh, serve our, our growing population. Exactly, and I, I think what the main thing we pulled from this whole this whole time of, of going through this process is that we can't do it the conventional way. We can't do it like everybody else because we're going to have to pay like everybody else. We're going to have to subsidize it like everybody else. And so we have to be creative, whether it's phasing. And again, I, I think we'll talk a little bit more about what what's to come, but whether it's phasing, whether it's partnering, whether it's sponsorships, uh, you know, just using using a bunch of different creative creative approaches. Okay. Well, as long as we're uh, <clears throat> talking about the financial aspects of uh, the financial aspects of a rec center, uh, Paul, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, those financial impacts and how it affects the city budget? Yes, Mayor. Um, with what Ifo alluded to, is the traditional way is to fund a rec center, the building of it through either a, a general ob obligation bond or a geo bond, is what it's called, which is raising property tax to build that, um, to be able to pay the, the bond off every the payment every single year for 20 or 25 years, depending on how long that bond is. Um, another um, option for cities is a uh, RAP tax, which is a recreation arts and parks tax. And that's something that like Salt Lake County has a countywide RAP tax, and that's how they fund a lot of their recreation facilities, the building of them in the cities in, in that county. So, um, so currently, uh, now, does the city have a general obligation bond uh, 
Do we have one that's active right now? We do not have a general obligation bond. And we, um, and we have no wrap tax. No wrap tax. Um, there are several cities in um, Utah County that have, have gone about going getting their own wrap tax. In fact, I know that I think there's one that was on the ballot just this, you know, last night in, in Vineyard. Um, so, you know, that is an option. However, the wrap tax is based on sales tax. And whereas we don't have a lot of commercial right now in the city, that um, 0.1% increase that would be put on the sales tax in our city would only garner us about $150,000 a year. And that's not enough to pay for the building, you know, the bond on a, on a building, let alone the fact that recreation centers lose money. Um, you know, recreation centers that have, you know, a lot of offerings such as pools, ice rinks, um, even gyms, don't, they don't make money. And that's why you don't see them um, being offered in that tradition, in, in that sense, by the private sector. You know, you have gyms or you know, like Vasa and things like that that are specialized in certain offerings that can make money. But when you expand that to a true recreation center that reaches, you know, a, a city's populace in 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 total, they you don't you don't have that being offered by the by the private sector. Um, back in two thousand nine, when we were getting ready to put the recreation center, the, the aquatic center that Ifo um, spoke of, that hit the ballot in 2009. At that time, um, we we analyzed the legacy center in in Lehigh, and at that time, it was losing about a million dollars a year. So, in other words, the general fund of the city had offset user fees to the tune of about a million dollars. Um, Provo's uh, Peaks Ice Arena. Uh, th- you know, there's an issue with the, the county trying to say, hey, you know, it's in Provo. It needs to be run by Provo rather than a countywide um, system. At the time that that was being analyzed, that was losing about $375,000. doesn't have a pool, has an ice rink or a couple ice rinks in there, but it was also losing. So in trying to get to financing options, you know, that's two parts. It's the building of it and then it's the running of it. And the running of it, I mean, by which you pay for the operations and maintenance of it, but also absorb the loss for those operations and maintenance. And that gets a little tricky for a growing city that, you know, doesn't have as robust a sales tax base because it's in a bedroom community still like us. Um, And we're still trying to build that through economic development. But in order to be able to finance something like this, the residents need to be willing if you know we can't come up with these other solutions that evo spoke of to to absorb that in the form of a property tax increase or a wrap tax as soon as we have the base to be able to actually make that possible through that wrap tax okay great so that gives us a little bit of a uh, foundation uh, context for the uh, funding uh, options of a, of a rec center so let's uh I know our residents have a lot of questions uh, uh, about rec centers, uh, so let's um, let's go ahead and dig into to some of some of these questions. Now, uh, Linda has provided us some questions that uh, uh, residents frequently ask regarding a rec center, uh, and let's just let, let's start off with uh, even what we mean by a rec center because. Everybody ha- will have a slightly different image of, of what they would expect in a rec center. So uh, certainly there's the aquatic side, uh, the, the pools, the, 
the both recreational and competitive swimming and just the um, well of course there's a lot of different ways that pools can be used uh, you know whether uh, the young children families just uh, uh, just easy safe recreation and then uh, just the sort of exercise aspect of of whether it's um, uh, what, what do they what do they call uh, like aerobics in water I think there's a term for it but there's a yeah, water, water aerobics, something, water aerobics yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, and, and then, of course, our uh, uh, many of our youth uh, compete uh, swimming. So, so there's that that side. But then, uh, a rec center can really be expanded to many things. We, there could be basketball courts, there could be uh, weights, there could be classes. Uh, what what else might we could be added in there that people might expect? I know we, we just, uh, the Parks and Rec Director for Eagle Mountain, Brad Hickman and I and some others went up to into Davis County and, and toured a recreation facility that's based, it doesn't have a pool option. It's known as a gymnasium, so it has basically indoor basketball courts. It can double for um, pickleball, indoor pickleball courts and indoor volleyball courts. And of course, they can have exercise classes um, like Zumba and, and things like that. Uh, they had a small child care facility so that those who you know don't have child care but want to go and utilize it have an option for their children while they're there. Um, and it's it's phasable. So then you can actually expand it to potentially have a pool and other options in the future as their, their tax base increases. Um, but then there's the aquatic center that Evo spoke of that's, you know, something that's catered to one season only, and that's the summer season. So it's only open during the summer months, usually Memorial Day to Labor Day, and uh, similar to our splash pad right now, um, but doesn't have some of the offerings of that gymnasium I spoke of that ha you know has obviously because it's ma mainly just an outdoor aquatics center. Okay, great. So uh, let's, Ifo. I think you touched on uh, some of the, some of the particulars uh, in, in efforts uh, in, in the past um, where we came close to uh, to putting a rec center deal together over by Ridley's. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, why that didn't come together? Sure, Baron, let me let me first explain the the deal and what that deal you know what what it all entailed. So it was between us, a developer, and the YMCA. And we engaged the YMCA, not necessarily just for the, the capital help, but for the O&M. Right? We realized that there's a cost associated with, with uh, maintenance and operations of it. And so YMCAs, this is what they do. They do this in other states. We've seen, we've seen rec centers that they, they've built, they run, they operate. They go and get subsidies through their sponsorships and their connections. And so the, attraction, the attractive thing about going to a Boys and Girls Club and YMCA is that maintenance side of it, so that the city wouldn't have to subsidize. Uh, all along, we were expecting them to, to contribute a third of the cost. The developer was, was going to contribute a third of the cost, and then the city, through our utility sales proceeds, we were going to be able to do that, do the same we were we were looking at a, a ten to twelve million dollar facility, in about a six acre on about a six acre site, with the YMCA managing and running this facility. So there are a couple of things that we ran into when we were right about to, to ink the deal. 
One, we realized that it was too small. The facility was too small. When we started this process, it took over over two years, maybe even longer, uh, when, we, when we started throwing the ideas together. But it took over two years to get this done. And within the, those two years, we were realizing that, that we were building something that wasn't going to meet the needs of our residents. And so we would either have to expand it, uh, and expanding it, the only way to expand it, we would have to move it. We'd have to move it to a place where that particular developer, it wouldn't be beneficial for them to do that. The YMCA, you know, we've done, they did market studies, feasibility, feasibility studies. What came back is that they weren't be able to make it with their rates, uh, have one, have competitive rates, and be able to, to sustain it at the time based on our population and based on what they thought the use would be. And so there, were, there was going to have to be more, a little bit more subsidy from, from the city in order to make it work. Uh, at that point, the YMCA wasn't willing to commit the, the third of their, their capital. Uh, they had to raise it. And so we still, there is still a deal to be had. There, there was at the time. It's just that the target kept moving. So as we were trying to get this, get this deal done, the size of the facility, just the needs just kept growing. And we realized that this particular structure that we've been, we've been trying to put together all these years uh, just wasn't going to work for us at the time. And so we pulled back. And we, we really didn't say we weren't going to do it. We just said, you know, let's take a break. Let's move back. Let's tackle some of these other projects. You know, Corey Ride at the time, we wanted to make sure Corey Ride was done. Uh, splash pad, uh, splash pad. We also had the idea of this is what we call, you know, just within the staff, we talk about smiles per dollar, and trying to get the same amount of smiles per dollar in the aggregate. So, meaning, rather than just you know looking at the the rec center as something that could fulfill the needs of the residents, break it up. That's, that's the, the concept, was to break it up. Look at building a beach, a pond at Cory Ride. Uh, look at building an indoor facility, just separating it, uh, seeing if we can, we can make it a feasible project, see if we can make it a project that would cost a whole lot less. But again, like we said, bring the same amount of smiles that a rec center would, would have. That's something, as you know, we're exploring. Uh, but we're also exploring uh, the rec center at Cory Ride. We're also exploring a design there that we can at least have that design and know what the cost will be. <clears throat> so the residents, if the residents want to choose again to go the conventional way, they have a cost associated with that. But, you know, it's a, it's a great deal. It's just a matter of, of, of the size that we were looking at. I, I think that's a, still a good structure to use. That's probably... If it does work, and if we could 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 have made it work, that would probably be the only rec center in the entire state, and I would even venture to say that in the in the country that a, that a municipality is involved in, where the municipality didn't have to do it with debt or didn't have to subsidize it. Uh, unfortunately, it's a you know our city's growing, and, and so we're kind of growing out of that that solution. Okay, thank you. Has uh... Uh, you know, as the city has explored options on this, uh, is there any reason that uh, Eagle Mountain couldn't partner with Saratoga? Has that been considered at all? You know, it, it would be a, 
I, I think just economies of scale, right? I mean, and then having a a population, having their population and ours being able to support it, I think making it sustaining would would be it would be beneficial. Years ago, actually, one of their council members came and met with me. Uh, I would say maybe four or five years ago, and they, they're the ones who proposed some sort of partnership and. And I think he came back and said that there was an issue from their end and that he kind of jumped the gun. And and so when we were pursuing our, our rec center, we never considered going back just because whatever issues that that were there. And, and you know, of course, the issues, I, I can guess some of the issues because we would have the same, right? Who who controls it? Where is it going to be? Is, is Are the Saratoga residents going to want it in Saratoga? Are we going to want it in Eagle Mountain? Uh you know the the proper placement would probably be right on the border, but do we have places on the border? Um, would it be better for our growth in the future to not have it on the border and put it at the center of the city where all the growth will come? So there's just some issues there, but I I think if a partnership could be struck and these issues can be resolved, I mean there's always you know there's there's always value in in that that partnership. Great, thank you. So. Uh, another question here. Now, I think you touched on this already, but uh, let's let's take another look at it. Uh, but would the city consider an aquatic center only plan? And uh, my impression is, yeah, uh, yeah, the city would, uh, it, particularly in the aggregate that you talked about. Yeah. So we we did with that bond. We we brought it. That's that's what the plan was. It was an aquatic center only. And the reason we brought the aquatic center only is because that's. That's the only portion of the rec center at the time that we thought would would be self-sustaining, and so that's why it was on the ballot, but but it was voted down. And so again, we're looking at all different options. I think the most recent discussion was to build this this indoor facility, multi-purpose facility, as the starting uh, the the beginning phase, where you can host arts council activities sports just to you know just leave it open so that we can have meeting space for the residents uh, a few amenities in there as the first phase and then add on but the other like you said the other option is an aquatic center having an aquatic center first uh, if we were to do the pond and the beach would that satisfy the the, the swimming uh, desires of the, the city or the needs of the city so those are just some things to, to look at. But I, I do think a phased approach is probably the wisest way to, to do this regardless. So if we want to build a $40 million facility, uh, you know, years from now, the best way to do that is is to do it in chunks and, and make sure that each phase has a, has a finished look to it so that, so that it doesn't look like one unfinished project. It's just each phase... Uh, we can take it in chunks that way. Okay, as we've talked about uh, having partners in this, uh, whether they're uh, developers, uh, other cities, uh, certainly a question that comes up is uh, regarding the school district. Now, this might be a little bit of a tricky one to answer, but can can either one of you give us any perspective on... Uh, uh, a partnership with the with the school district on a uh, on a swim facility. Yeah, I've, I've had conversations with with the assistant superintendent, with members of the school board. 
about this. There's certainly a there's certainly a desire to to participate there. Um, it's it's been you know it, it's been a different conversation at different times of you know throughout this this process yeah. early on. Uh, you know the school district. You know they've they've always said they don't do pools anymore. Right? That's not something they've done for years. But you know Legacy Center and Lehigh is getting. You know you have let's see Sky Ridge. What is that? Four four high schools feeding into that. Four four swim teams feeding into that. And so the desire is there to to get a pool out here. I'm sure there there'll be some interest and participation. Uh, recently, an architect told us that to do the the lanes and the you know everything that's needed for competition, uh, it's about five million dollars just for that that side, just for that pool. And so, how much participation? I, I'm not sure what type of participation or how much they're they're willing to to put in, but <clears throat> that's something we'd certainly go to. So, if we were going to do aquatic center, we'd certainly go back to them and ask them what they would be willing to put in if we were to put in a, a competition section just for the the high school swim teams. Okay, we're getting close on time, but uh, are there any plans uh, to uh, place anything on the ballot in the near future regarding uh, rec center? I don't think we have any immediate plans right now, but we're we're always we're always analyzing this. I mean, this is something that you know, like you've said, Mayor, it's, it keeps coming up. Our residents want want these opportunities, and and we are exploring other avenues to be able to meet these needs um, in the more immediate term with the utility sale proceeds that we have. Um, and um, I'm sure that at some point in the future we will have that. Um, we just need to make sure that. You know the residents know again what that means to their their own pocketbook because it's likely going to result in in some sort of a bond for at least some of the costs of that to build that um, and as we've seen construction costs don't go down they continue to go up and so when we proposed the aquatic center back in you know back 10 years ago if i remember right it was going to mean about eight dollars per month increase uh, to property tax for each household in the city. But now, you know, 10 years on, construction costs to even build that same thing could likely mean that it would be, again, $8 or more per household, even though we have twice as many households because the costs have gone up by that much as well. And so it's still a moving target. Once once it gets to that point where if it's the resident's desire that that's something that we we do and if we can say this is how much we believe it's going to cost and put it on the ballot and the residents say yes then of course that's kind of stops that that you know constant increase in cost because now you've got a set date that's being built the construction costs now or whatever they are at that point in time and then as we increase households in the city then that's can be spread over more residents for sure in the future and potentially maybe it can help with some of the losses that that will incur because user fees are not going to cover all the costs of that kind of a center it's going to have to be subsidized and and when we talk about subsidizing by this from the city well that's subsidization from the residents you know they're the ones that are paying the taxes to keep the city running so so there as you as you know just moving forward just so the residents just so the residents know, we've we've engaged an architect to get a design just to show us what that cost is. So just so we know what that cost is, rather than just saying you know it's too expensive, we got a bond for this. They know what their what this price tag is, 
and then you know decisions can be made at that point if we if we want to go to the ballot they at least have a price tag that they can they can make a an educated decision on so that's where we are now going to design just looking at it along with the beach and the pond that we're going to design on indoor facility we talked about having this multi-purpose room that's going to design just so we have these again so we can put these price tags on it and so if we had to make a decision that way, if the residents have to, if we, we do go to the ballot, they can see that. Great. Well, I think that uh, that's an excellent uh, place to conclude. Certainly, uh, there's much more conversation to be had as uh, as things move along. But uh, yeah, certainly putting a price tag on a concept uh, would be very helpful. And uh, we could project actually what those costs would be, project out uh, city growth, and uh, uh, paint a, a much clearer picture of uh, costs and benefits on a, on a project like this. So certainly, uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for being here. And uh, we will probably be talking uh, more about this subject in the, in the future and, and a lot of other uh, uh, things happening in the city. Uh, when we have a city like Eagle Mountain that's growing and evolving and developing, uh, there are a lot of questions, so there will be a lot of things for us to talk about. So uh, thank you for, for your time. I want to thank our listeners for, for tuning in. Uh, if there is a subject you'd like us to cover, please let us know. And uh, let your friends know that this podcast is, is out there. Uh, we're trying to use every means we can to get information out to our residents. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, this is Talking Up Eagle Mountain. Uh, thank you very much. Hello, Evan here. If you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode of the podcast, you can send an email to info at emcity.org or send a text message to 801-358-1175. That's 801-358-1175.